Good morning, everyone. Good morning, and God bless you. Um, what a wonderful day it is. Good morning to those that I can see that have joined me. Make sure that we have good volume, uh, that you can hear us loud and clear. Hopefully, that's good there. Wonderful. All right. I see um, see that you um, that they you all are coming into uh, the place where we will um, have our worship experience uh, today together. Turn my volume down so that I don't get um, any feedback. All right. So good morning to you uh, as we're coming in. The hour is here. It's about uh, 1140 now. And um, good morning, Samuel. Uh, glad that you are here. Um, and others. I hope that you are able to get a good connection this morning um, on your devices. I hope that you're able to, to stay tuned in with us. Um, there are some changes that I intend to make uh, about uh, with, our, with our streaming and how we stream that I believe is going to help us um, the platform that we are using now where you log in at nationharvest.online.church, I don't want to confuse anyone, um, is like really a secondary platform that we use just so that we can chat and, um, and you know, you can respond and we can type and say hello to each other. If we went to the original and first stream platform, it's a little bit different and I don't want to get into all of that, but I just want to let you know that I'm looking to do um, something that is going to improve um, our streaming experience uh, because I know that oftentimes you all are telling me that you're um, logged off or you have to come back in and I know that can get to be I guess uh, a little troublesome when you can't get the whole message. So I'm going to, um, to, to seek to improve that. And then some of you are able to stay on throughout the whole service uh, without being, you know, without it being, um, having to be booted off, right? And I can see sometime how sometime you're booted out and, and back on. I see Janet is back now. Samuel is here and I'm here and there may be some others. Uh, good morning, you all, and God bless you. I'm excited to be here. Um, this is the 14th day of January, 14 days into the new year already. God is good. God is good every day. All day, God is good. Amen. And uh, what we are, what we do each day is we find um, a way in everything that we do to give thanks to God, uh, to acknowledge Him in all of our ways, just as the Bible teaches us to acknowledge Him in all of our ways. And it says in the Scriptures that He will direct. Uh, the way that we go or direct our pathway. Uh, see, Gloria is back. Um, I think when you gray out, when I, I, I can look here, maybe you're going in and out and possibly not. But I try to keep, keep uh, uh, just everybody just give me a good morning. Uh, there, there you go. Okay, Janice says good morning. And uh, I'm, I see Gloria is here. Let's, let's move forward. I want to have a word of prayer. And maybe others are coming. Maybe others are already here. 
And then I want to have a little teaching this morning. I need you to get your Bibles and, and kind of keep up with me because today I am really about us learning something from the scriptures that will help us um, better understand. Um, good morning, Gloria. Um, better understand our Father and our Savior Jesus Christ as it relates to us having faith in him. And what we, what we seek to do is to align our everyday lives, the things that are going on around us, uh, the people that we um, encounter on a daily basis, from our families to our jobs. Good morning, Cassie. I see you, see you there. Don't see your name, but I see you here. Uh, and um, we want to know, you know, God, you know, how, what, how am I? Am, am I on point? How am I with you? Uh, so let's have a word of prayer and let me take maybe 20 or 30 minutes or so and let's, let's see what we can what we can gather and glean from the from the scriptures okay eternal god i thank you so much today for those that have joined together um their way of um, worshiping you and 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 their way of honoring you is to be here today um their faith have led them to come to um, the man of God that they respect as being a leader among them, and that's myself. And we have come here to learn and to be taught as well to be inspired and to be encouraged. So, God, we're looking for all of these things to happen now. Um because we don't want just the idea that we breathed, but God, we also want to experience the joy and the peace that comes with worshiping you, our true God, in Jesus Christ, our Savior. So grant us this this morning, and this is our prayer. Touch our bodies and heal them touch our homes and our families and keep them and this we pray in Jesus name amen all right okay so now uh, as we move forward our prayers continue with uh, with my family the Pattersons and the loss of their uh, uh, matriarch um, Aunt Ed passed uh, about a week ago, a week and a half ago, and they've had her homegoing service in Anniston, Alabama. Now, this was my mother-in-law, Lena Patterson's last aunt. This was her mother's sister, and uh, they laid her to rest last week. So we're praying for them, and... Um, she lived to be, and I may stand corrected, but Cassie will probably put it in and type it in if I get it wrong. I do believe she was 90 or 91. I know I'm close, uh, but beautiful woman, beautiful spirit, and um, she, she will be missed as we have known her. However, we know that absence in our sight is a different presence with the Lord. Amen. And I, I said that carefully, and I said that in a very mature way, absent from our sight and present in a different manner with the Lord. Because when we leave this earthly tabernacle, um, we have a different, a totally different um, presence with God. Amen. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Okay, so let's let's move forward and um, let's hope that everyone can stay mm, connected while we get through this. Amen. I was waiting for Cassie to type in on Ed's actual age, uh, so she'll she'll get it in. Amen. Okay, so let's let's see what we can get. You guys, I want to make this brief, but I need you to get your Bibles. And have them. And I don't know if you're using the same device that you are online as your Bible too. But I'll try to move slow. But I want to move so that we can make this concise. And then we'll just start working on it. Now I'm working towards something as we go into 2024. I told you as we moved over at our last time being together in person. Um, I express my concerns about um, our church anity. That's like Christianity, but it's like church anity. Um, and it is our failure to see that the love of God or it is really a part of what we are practicing that the really true love of God is what we're practicing. Now, th there is no, Cassie said, Aunt Ed is 91. Thank you, Cassie. She's nine, she was 91. Yes, thank you. Um, that what we're doing is truly the love of God. No matter how we, and we are to put forth the effort to love like God, but we'll never successfully do that. But it does not mean that we don't continue to put forth our best effort to love like God. Because God's love is totally perfect. John says that God is love. He, he is love. Our daily practices and what we do and what we exercise, be it our coming together in the church or our missionary work outside of the church, <clears throat> our communication in our household, our prayers in our household, <clears throat> how we conduct ourselves and the our very character, uh, our very personality, everything that is about us should exemplify the love of God. And we do it at our very best. Um, as we were in session, and, and you somewhat remember that I went on to share with you um, Peter's experience and how God keeps us, um, sends us out. I had shared with you all how I felt as though the same thing that God did for Peter, he did also for me, and that was to feed. He instructed Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. He said it twice, if you love me, feed my sheep. And then the last time he said, feed my lamb. Now, the way that I translate and the way that it is revealed to me is that God has said the same thing to me as the one who represents Jesus Christ by way of a message, messenger, and one who has been called to feed sheep. Um, I believe that that same commission has been given to me. And the way that I translate it is that God has said to me, the differentiation between a sheep and a lamb, and I'm sure that there are a number of ways that this can be looked at, but the way that it is revealed to me is that God has given me to declare all of this wonderful and message of peace uh, to generations, not just one, but to many generations. Now, the reason that I'm saying this, people, is because I'm taking under consideration everything that God is doing for me, Don. My life's experiences from the time that the Lord by faith, call me into ministry. Same with Peter. He came into my career. He came into my career. 
I'm in the middle of wanting the best out of life the way that my mom and dad taught me, and that was to work and have an honest living. And I'm working in law enforcement, and the Lord touches my heart to surrender myself to him to preach the gospel. So to me, Jesus comes into my career. He doesn't wait until I retire. He doesn't, um, wait until maybe, you know, I get to a point where, um, this is something that I decide to do, but he comes into my career and I'll even share the experience. The first day that I knew that the Lord was coming into my life was as I was walking across the upper yard at San Quentin State Prison. This particular day, they were having baptism of the inmates, the convicts, the people that are incarcerated, the prisoners. And they would use a dunking pool. And you've seen them. They throw the ball and you fall down into the water. Well, they were using that. They were using that to... Um, to baptize the inmates. So there was a preacher inside the, the dunking tub and they would put the inmate in and they would baptize them. Well, as I viewed one individual being baptized on the upper yard, that's like in this big open space as you go into the huge gates of San Quentin, Lord touched me and flooded my heart. And as I walked across the upper yard, I'm wiping tears to keep from someone seeing me because, you know, I'm, I'm hard and I'm, I'm a brute. And I don't want anybody to see me crying. I, couldn't, I could not resist people. And I, I'm, I'm, I had a prayer with God in that instant second, like, why is this happening to me? And I'm, I know I'm talking to God, you know, because who else am I talking to? How is this happening? Why is this happening? And he touched my heart at that moment by way of letting me see that and let me view that. And then from there forward, things started to transpire. Details of my life since I've been a child lets me know that God has set me up for this day, which is now the 14th day of January, 2024. 66 years past my birth. God has given me health in my body. Ability that is, I think, a little above the average of someone my age. A a mind. And I am not stuck on being the keeper of the castle who wants to make sure that no one touches or messes anything up, let everything stay the way that it is. I am very given to God so that whatever he says, that's what happens. And if God places a change in order, then I'm there to see that carried out. I am here, and at this time in life, it is as important to me to make sure that a six-year-old or a 14-year-old has the space and the care to receive everything that God has for them as I am for a 35-year-old or a 40-year-old. And the same for them as someone who is 60 years old or 90 years old. I am here for all generations sheep and lamb, young and old, black and white, Asian and African. I am here for everyone. I am here to to seek out, to communicate them the love of God, even though I'm not bilingual. I'm going to say that one more time. I am here to communicate them to them the love of God, even though I'm not bilingual. And that is that I, the love of God is conveyed 
the love of God is shared. The love of God is expressed and felt through not what I say, but who I am and the actions that I take. This is what I was saying to you. And as I move forward, I'm going to move forward in this year. Teaching you. Preaching to you. And relating to you this very expression of my faith. Faith is not something that Don has. Faith is who I am. I don't have faith. I am faith. What's the difference? Am I just trying to say something that's profound? No. I'm saying something that I live. And that is everything that I do, everything that I'm, that I'm touching. And when I say everything, that means that I'm putting forth the effort. Is to acknowledge my God, my Savior, and, and all that I have. Things are important to me. I know it's important that, that you all have a chance to see me as being a relative or have a chance to talk to me. It's important that I, at some point, in all of the things that I have to do, is to make sure that I give you the opportunity to hear my voice because that's something that is important to you, as it is for me to hear the voice of others and to hear your voice as well. And to ask God to give me the wisdom to be able to be what he wants me to be to everyone in the way that he wants it to be done. So let me get you in your Bibles right now and let's see if we can't get something today and take it away. Last week we talked about Peter's experience walking on the water and going out to Jesus. And this week I want you to go to John chapter 4 and this is Jesus' encounter with a woman that is at the well. Her nationality is that of being a Samaritan. She is the Samaritan woman that is at the well and that is found in John chapter four. Write that down, jot that down, go ahead and mark it out. I'm going to give reference in this so that you can be ahead and ready to Luke chapter four. And there I'm going to explain to you something that helps you to uh, better understand the story in John 4. So John chapter 4 is where I'm going to talk from. I'm going to I will reference Luke chapter 4. And then later, I'm going to reference 2 Kings chapter 17. So that's three scriptures. John 4, Luke 4, and 2 Kings 17. So there you have them. I'm going to start reading in John chapter 4. If you have any questions during the time that I'm teaching now, you just type it, type it in the box. You type it in there and um, put this over here so I can see in case you type something. And I'll, I'll slow down or I'll try and put some emphasis on uh, whatever it is that you're asking me. figure out the best way to do this now. Okay. John 4. There. That can happen like that. There we go. Good. Now I can see if you type something in or have a question. 
Okay, so now it says that Jesus learned. Now, this is Jesus in his um, daily walk in the ordinary life of people, just like us. He learned that the Pharisees He learned good. Thank you, Regina. Regina and Eddie is watching on TV. Okay. Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Let everything that I read soak in. Jesus got word. He learned. This wasn't rumor. Okay. This is facts. This been fact checked. And the facts are that there was a discussion and talk among, let me call them Christians, okay? And I'm going to only call them Christians because I don't have any scholars on here that's going to say the Pharisees weren't Christians. I'm just, they're, they're, they represent who we are. So the Christian folk heard that Jesus was gaining more than John the Baptist. I'm not going to harp down and just jump down Christian church folks' throat like that's what we do, is that First Baptist Church got more people than South Baptist Church. But this was the kind of discussion that it was, is that they started to... Pull apart the idea that John had more disciples, had baptized more disciples than Jesus. But the fact was, Jesus hadn't baptized anybody. That's what the scripture says. They're talking about something that's irrelevant and unimportant. But Jesus learned. Now, when he learns this, it was important to him that he gives some response or he lives out faith. He found it important enough, and you have to do this in life. I, let me put it the way you guys said. I don't have a dog in that fight. Right? Jesus has a dog in this fight, meaning that it is important for him to respond to what he heard. And that's what we're about to go through. He responds to the discussion that people are saying, Nation's Harvest is not a real church. Uh, Galilee Baptist is not a real church. The Pentecostal church is not a real church. These people are not this, and this is that kind of discussion. They're following a cult, and they're doing this, and they're doing that kind of discussion. He responds to this. So it says in verse number 3 of John 4 that he left Judea and went once more to Galilee after hearing this. Now, as he's getting ready to go to respond to this, please listen to me carefully. All things work together to the good. It's good that they are rumoring about. It's good that they're having this talk because it fathers Jesus in ministry. Everything that happens Everything that happens, the, the shepherds that are in the field when he was born, the sheep that were there, the hay that was there, everything is important. Everything plays in to God's perfect will. The direction that Jesus takes is important to this story. He's going to Galilee, but he chooses to go through Samaria. Now, he comes to Samaria to a town that's called Sychar. The place that he goes through, notice, it is a very historical place because this is where Jacob's well is. Jacob, you do remember him, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This well has been preserved for thousands of years. Jesus chooses to go to deal with the rumor by going through Samaria. Now, this is why I wanted to point out 
Luke chapter 4 so that I could give you some background about Samaria. Samaritans are non-Jews. We have the dynamics during the time of Jesus' time, two groups of people who truly worship God, our creator, the Jews and the non-Jews. You were either Jewish by pure pedigree or you were a Samaritan, which means that you were not a Jew. Samaritan simply means you're just not a Jew. Now, the Samaritans thought that they were truly holding fast and they were exercising what God, the creator, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they felt that they were well representing that. The Jews felt like they were. Now we have two groups of people who are supposedly worshiping the same God, but they are at odds against each other. They don't have anything to do with each other. The Samaritans were the result, and I'm not going to go to Luke 4. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reference it right now. Jesus kind of references this when he's in the wilderness and he's tempted of the devil. And the devil took him into a high mountain in Jerusalem so that he could overlook all of the lands around the temple. And he says, Jesus, if you will bow down to me, I will make you ruler. And, he, and the devil said, it's been given to me that I can make you ruler. I can make you president. I can put you large in, in charge over all of these kingdoms if you just bow down and worship me. Listen to me carefully. Jesus' response to him is they that worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. There is nothing deep about that. It's clear in what Jesus said. It doesn't make any difference what you show me because true worship to God doesn't have to do with the name that is across the building. It has nothing to do with the city in which you dwell. It has nothing to do with the posture that you take, whether you're on your knees or standing at your machine on your job, whether you're sitting in the car driving or whether you're out on the beach in the sand. It doesn't matter. When you worship God, you worship him in spirit and in truth, not in Jerusalem, not in Judea, not in Africa, not in Egypt, but you worship him in spirit and in truth. That's, that was Jesus' response to the enemy who attempted, listen to him when being tempted, the devil attempted to get him sidetracked and bamboozled with thinking that he was going to be someone because of some robe that he puts on, some crown that he puts on his head, some special shoes that he put on his feet or some position that he takes. Understand why it's important to me that you remember this about me. I am not a pastor who sits in some special seat. My name is Don Hearth. That's what my mother called me. When I came into this, I came in doing what we had traditionally done, put on a special robe, took a special seat and got before people and represented myself as this is what it's supposed to be. You know, that would be good if people could keep their eyes on God. But what's going to happen is someone's going to want to love Don more than others, and they're going to put him up here, and others are going to put him down there, and now we're just missing the whole reason of why we're here. Nobody has their eyes on God. That's why... I have chose, as I've lived longer, to become wiser, to know that what's most important to me is for people to forget about me being a bishop, forget about me being a pastor, not Reverend Hearth, not this and not that. I am the man of God who simply come here to give you the message of hope and good news that Jesus is your Savior. God is our creator. And that the love that he has is supposed, it should be the preeminent 
emotion in your entire life and being. I am here. Calm. I would rather you see me as being Don and be moved by an unspoken word, but just an extraordinary, wonderful feeling than for you to look at me and give me some accolade. All right? I can't allow, and it's been many years now, I would that I have known this back in year number one, so I could have taught this then. I wouldn't have put the robe on. I wouldn't have let people call me reverend. And there was nothing wrong with that, but I didn't see the damage that it was going to do in this length of time. Okay? And so now we have people that are starting to crumble because people have lifted them up on all of these pedestals. And they were never extraordinary people anyway in that manner, not so, mo not so much that they were sinless. And now that they're starting to crumble and we're hearing that great men that have been on the TV is doing this and doing that, now people are losing their faith in God and exercising everything but love. If the man messed up, it doesn't make any difference because he was Bishop Dr. Great Jackson and he failed. The mercy and the love of God is as good for him as it was for you when you came in and you were doing what you were doing. Okay, so let me get back on path here. He goes through Samaria. And these are Samaritan people that are worshiping God based on Jacob's lineage. And then... Jesus, who is, by all purposes, everybody wants to make him a Jewish person, okay? All right, so I'm in John chapter 4. I hope y'all with me, all right? So now, <clears throat> he goes through Samaria. Thank you for saying something, Samuel. I know you all be listening and every now and then type something, so I, I, can, I just don't want to... <laughs> think that everybody just disappeared um he had to go through samaria so he came to a town in samaria called sakar it's near the plot of ground jacob had been given had given to his son joseph jacob's well was there and jesus tired as he was from his journey he sat down by the well and it was about noon now you notice the backdrop that's given in the scripture text and, and I want you to just not read over it. Didn't they give a lot of details? They tell you the route he take. They tell you uh, his physical condition. He's tired. They tell you in detail, almost like the street address, Jacob's Well. That's not on Main Street. That's 476 Main Street. That's a precise location. They give you a precise location, meaning that right now, you or I could go and stand by that well and know that based on the scriptures, Jesus one day was standing right here. Now, you, you can say, go to Calvary, and you might not know where it is. Or you could go to, he walked through Galilee, you can't find the spot on the, on the Jordan where he stood. But this is a specific address. This is at Jordan's well, at Jacob's well, and that well still exists to this day. Notice the details that's being given here, and it's important. Jesus went a specific direction, and he got tired at a specific time, noon. Now, let me go ahead and give you the back to this. Jesus knows what's about to happen before it happens. Somebody's on their way. And this is why he chose to get tired. Man, I'm trying to learn this, you all. I'm trying to ask God when I get tired on my feet, Lord, is this a good time for me to rest? Is this a good place for me to rest? Is this a good place for me to stop? Is this a good gas station to stop at? Is this a good supermarket for me to stop at? Because what if God wants something to happen in that moment in your life? I know that sounds a little over the top, but I mean, we are talking about the love of God. And when you just sell out, you just want everything to be that way. But anyway, he gets there. It's noon and he sat down by the well. I believe that Jesus is waiting on who he knows is already going to come. 
because he is responding to all of these rumors and he's about to make something happen. Let me see if I can get finished in one hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, <laughs> just, Jesus, you already knew she was coming there. You, she either comes there by habit every day at noon. You foreknew this. You're being moved by God because you say you come to work, to work the works of him. And you sat there. Maybe you didn't know she was coming. But your father, who orders your steps, told you, wait right here. I don't know how long he sat there before she got there, but I do know something is about to happen. This happens in my life on a daily basis is because sometimes I'm doing things that seem so out of the ordinary for me. And then God reveals himself. And I'm like, man, I could get used to this. Some, something happens to give significance as to why I'm doing something that seems to be just so out of the ordinary. You ought to try it sometime. Watch God show up. Then you're going to tell somebody and they're not going to believe you, but, you know. When, the, when a Samaritan, verse number seven, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? They give in parentheses, verse number eight, his disciples had gone to the town to buy food. I know you guys got to be laughing because when I, when I look at this and I'm teaching it now, it's not like I'm preaching it. So I'm not under any restraints. I can just walk this down to the letter. You think that happened by coincidence? Nope. They weren't supposed to be there in that moment. And what they are going to do is a part of what's going to happen later. They went to buy food. They're going to get food. And Jesus is at the well. And they are not there. Now. They never even see this woman show up. I'm going to inject something right here. If they had have been there when that woman got to that well, they would have had a whole attitude. Somebody give me some hearts. Clap some hearts. Clap your hands. Say amen. If those disciples had have been there when that woman showed up at the well with Jesus, this would have went totally different. Come on, somebody say something back to me. People act different when certain people are around. I'm not being messy. I'm being factual. You ever notice how people have a different attitude with you when certain folks are around? His disciples is not ready. Somebody giving me some hearts because y'all ain't trying to say, man, y'all act like you all are sitting here trying to pretend with me that you have the same persona no matter who comes around when you know that you can get real funny acting when certain people come around. And sometimes you just get funny acting just because somebody else come around. You don't even have to know them. Now, I know you're going to text me later and you're going to, or you're going to say, you was talking about me today. You was talking about me. <laughs> yeah. If listen, if the shoe fits, wear it. Amen, Don. Yup. That's right. Holler back at your boy. We don't, we, 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 we have the love of God in us until certain people and then we change. But that's, that's messed up. And you need to start today fixing that. If you have the love of God and you be consistent with the love of God, no matter who it is. Even if you have a bone to pick with them, if you have, if they've done something to you, if they said something about you, you stay straight while they flip and flop. Cassie can tell you, Don have said, P 
people can flip and flop with me as much as they want to. When they get finished having their tantrum, I will be right here. Let them be the one who have to make the adjustment. You continue to have the love of God inside of you. It was important that these disciples weren't there because Jesus had something that he had to do that was going to revolutionize this very day that we're in right now. And the disciples couldn't be there to be a part of it. It was important for their place to be, you just go get some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, and, and you already know that she's going to start talking about her husbands. And they really weren't ready for that. But you're going to learn something today. I, think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to make an hour, but I'm going to get at a good stopping place. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? The disciples were gone. Verse number nine, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. Let me put some color to it. Let me help you with it. Let me help you understand what the text is saying. You're black and I'm white. You're Asian and I'm African. You, 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 live, in, you live in Decatur. I live in Huntsville. You go to to west side i go to first baptist you go to pentecostal house of prayer i go to nation harvest we're not even supposed to be having this conversation no let me no let me put it this way um I, i'm 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 gonna bring this down to where you live um uh, we ain't even supposed to be having this conversation because uh uh sharon is your friend and and I'm and I'm Josie's friend and and Sharon and Josie ain't getting along, so me and you all not even be talking. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. Whatever reason that you can come up with that these two shouldn't be having a conversation, but both of them are supposedly representing Samaritans, that's Jacob. That's like everything from Adam down to is to Jacob, which is Israel. Everything after that becomes Jews. So both of them are worshiping God, but they shouldn't be having this conversation. What do I have to do with you? She asked Jesus, how can you ask me for a drink? You're a Jew. Mine in King James Version, I think that's what I'm in, in parentheses says, what for Jews do not associate with Samaritans? You know, I'm finna say something. And, and I can say it because this, 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 this is my sister, and she tough. She got a tough skin. Keita Max on here, and she called Cassie one day and because Cassie had said something to somebody, and she had to side and subtweet. Now, this is for funny, y'all. This is funny only, but y'all go ahead because I, I got the mic now. So I can say. She texts Cassie. She says, we talking to them? Not in, not in serious, but in, that was in a joking way. But in reality, people can get funny with you just because they see you talking to someone else. And they'll jack you about it later. I saw you talking to them. What's that all about? Come on, people. Y'all see why I'm preaching this today? And, and, and you want to make all of these things every time you come into a new year, but you don't want to make your really, your faith walk with Christ. You don't want to make that stronger. You don't want to fortify that. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? She, at this point, it's like, it doesn't make any difference that you're thirsty. It doesn't make any difference that you're tired. Jesus answered her, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, I really want to close right here just to hold it in suspense for next week. You're about to miss 
your whole purpose in life, you're about to miss the golden opportunity. You're about to walk away and dismiss God flooding in your life over the idea of holding on to some tradition, some old religious stigma. You're about to miss the reason that you were born. You're about to miss your gift, your calling. You're about to miss all of that wanting this from God and wanting that from God. I want a new house. I want a new car. I, I want this for my kids. I want that for my family. I want this and I want that and I want that. And you're about to miss that because you're holding on to something that you didn't even create in the first place. You're just doing it because somebody else did it. You're saying it because somebody else said it. We did this this way all our life. This is where it's supposed to go. And if you don't do it like this, it's not right. Some of us going to hell in a handbasket and going to hell in an old-time well bucket, holding on to things that has nothing at all to do with your relationship with God. And when I say going to hell, I ain't trying to dispatch nobody to hell. I'm just trying to say you're going to miss hell, meaning that you're going to go through some, some, some things. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me make it clear what hell is when I say it. You're going to miss some joy that you should be having right here on earth. You're going to miss some peace that God has made available to you that surpasses all understanding right here on earth. You're constantly praying to God, God, give me this and God, give me that. And he's standing right here at the well with you, ready to give you something, but you're about to miss it because of what you're holding on to. I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to stop right there. And I'm going to take this up next week because I think that's a good place because I don't want to rush this. I don't want to rush it. The disciples have gone to get something to eat and the conversation has ensued between Jesus and this woman that's at the well. And I want to leave you with this for the rest of this week, that conversation that he's having with her. He's having that conversation with you right now. It doesn't make any difference who your husband is, who your wife is, who your mother is, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your grandchildren, your niece. He's having that conversation with you right now. Don't look at anybody else. Don't look around. He's talking to you. Do you know who's talking to you? Do you know who pulled you up on your computer today, your cell phone? However, you're watching this broadcast right now. Do you know who, no matter what? Let me tell you something. Last night I said, boy, it's going to be cold this morning. I'm about to tell the saints, we ain't getting no word today. We're going to get one next week. I went to bed last night saying, you're going to sleep in the morning. Boy, you're tired anyway. You know how to minister to your body. The people passed that. They're not worried about that. The Lord got me up early this month. Oh, I wish I could hoop right there. And in that instant, he said, go. I want you to open John 4, and I want you to take him to the well. And you know what? I'm going to leave you right here. You spend the week right there at the well with Jesus. Stay right there. Gloria, don't you go nowhere, baby. I'm leaving you at the well. Kita, you at the well. Samuel, you at the well. Janet, you at the well. Cassie, you're at the well. All of y'all, I'm leaving you right there. You have a little talk with Jesus. We're going to get together next week. We're going to see what else he has to say. But in the meantime, you're right there at the well. Have a conversation with Jesus. He want to talk to you about some stuff. He want to talk to you about you asking him what medication should you take and what surgery should you have. He wants to have a little conversation with you. I'm not saying you might not take the medication, you may not take the surgery, but you just want to have a little talk with you. Just a little talk with Jesus. It's going to be all right. He ain't mad at you. I'm leaving you right there at the well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I needed this today. And you know what? I'm going to stay at the well, too. 
I'm going to stay right here. Y'all keep praying for Don. I've gone out now. When I get to towards the end of this sermon, I'm going now because I'm already kind of past this verse, but I'm going to stay at the well too because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I'm going to see the harvest now. I got some good folks. I'm running into Asian people, African people, white people, literally. I didn't even know it was so many nationalities indicator until the Lord pulled me out that pulpit and took me out there into the fields. Laboring. <laughs> Thank you, Cassie. At the well. Janet said at the well. Key to say, I'm there. I love y'all. I hope y'all love me and y'all pray for me. Pray that the Lord keep me. Okay? Just keep me. Because I love him and I'm going to do what he says do. I know I worry y'all. I made my mama nervous. And I know I make y'all nervous. I make Janet nervous. I make Cassie nervous. I make everybody that know me. Keaton, I make all of y'all nervous. That's okay. I'm going to be all right. Regina, happy birthday, baby. Regina had a birthday. I hope she's still here. She grayed out, but I hope she's still here. Happy birthday. Samuel say, ha ha. I know. I make you nervous then. Happy birthday, Regina. Everybody tell Regina happy birthday. She turned 30-something. 32, 33. Regina, how old? I mean, Eddie, how old did uh, Regina turn? She there. <laughs> She had us some good food for her birthday. Happy birthday. You were supposed to call me. We were supposed to go out and eat, but that's all right. We eat every day, every day. She said 53. Don't take nothing from her. Go, girl. We eat birthday dinners every day, don't we, Regina? Every chance we get, we go get something good to eat. Amen. All right. We got another birthday on the way, too. January the 25th. January 25th. Yep. Cassie Laverne. She gonna be 20-something. It's my wife. All right, y'all, I'm gone. Keita, we're praying for you. Let's have that prayer right now, okay? God, in the name of Jesus, we've had a prayer request come through, and uh, we're lifting Fakita Johnson up right now. In the name of Jesus, unspoken request. We don't know what the needs are, but one thing that we do know is that you hear and you answer prayers. I'm asking God in the name of Jesus Christ that you assure and reassure her that you are with her and that you would never leave her alone and that there is no request that she make that you will not respond to. Whatever it is, do it, I ask in Jesus' name. And amen and amen. Yes. All right, you all, I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to go. I'm going down to the store now. Um, if y'all want some chili, I got hot chili. I got Brunswick stew. Uh, vegetable soup. When I tell you I step on this, I step on this. It's good. Or you come and get you a club sandwich. I'm gone. I love you all. You're at the well. We're going to pick up right there in John chapter 4 next week. Until then, be blessed now.